Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar. We've been going through the Old Testament, seeing how Jesus and his gospel factors into every story. If you've missed any of them, search through the podcast or vlog for the studies on the books of Genesis through Ruth. As we continue God's story, which is really our story, I am changing how we go through the bulk of the rest of the Old Testament. If you read the Bible from cover to cover, the historical books get a bit confusing as the timeline isn't straight. My goal is to, as for the next studies, is to do them in historical sequence. So we'll bounce around the Old Testament, but the stories will make better sense. Jesus is the hero of the entire Bible, and we'll find him everywhere as we go along. Um, you'll also see how the Old Testament sets us up for the New Testament. And I've covered most of the New Testament, and you can find those studies along with podcast playlists on my blog. I pray that as you hear this message, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart and eyes and mind to understand what his spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Let's dig in. First Samuel 1 giving up a son to the service of God. We've gone through the first eight books of the Bible in the Old Testament. In case you didn't know, the Old Testament books are not in chronological order. For instance, according to the site Bible Timeline, the story of Ruth takes place circa 1140 BC, right after the story of Gideon. Whoever put the, the, the Bible as we know it together would have to have stuck Ruth's love story in between Gideon and Abimelech and would ruin the overall theme of the book of Judges. Nevertheless, today I'm starting a different way of going through the Old Testament in historical sequence. If you look at the site Bible timeline, you'll see that Samuel is born during the time of Judges, um, through Judges book 11 to 16, circa 1100 BC. First, we meet Samuel's mom, Hannah. She's suffering because she is childless. It's her fervent prayer and vow to God that makes this story special. Look for hints of Jesus the Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, in this story. Let's dig in. For Samuel 1, Elkanah's family. There was a man named Elkanah who lived in Ramah in the region of Zuth in the hill country of Ephraim. He was the son of Jeroham, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuth of Ephraim. Elkanah had two wives. Right there, there's a problem. <laughs> right there, there's a problem. Hannah and Peninnah. Peninnah. Penina, 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 Penina had children, but Hannah did not. Each year, Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of Heaven's armies at the tabernacle, which is what every good Jewish person needs to do. The priests of the Lord at that time were the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phineas. On the days um, on the days Elkanah presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to Peninnah and each of her children. And though he loved Hannah, 
he would give her only one choice portion because the Lord had given her no children. So Peninnah would ta taunt Hannah, bully, and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. Year after year, it was the same. Peninnah would haunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle. Each time, Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. Why are you crying, Hannah? Elkanah would ask. Why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than having 10 sons? Hannah's prayer for a son. Once, after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli, the priest, was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord, and she made this vow. O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime, and as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. That's part of the Nazarite vow, like Samson. As she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her, seeing her lips moving but hearing no sound. He thought she had been drinking. Must you come here drunk, he demanded. Throw away your wine. Oh, no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I am very discouraged, and I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I am a wicked woman, for I have been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. Oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. Then she went back and began to eat again. And she was no longer sad. Samuel's birth and dedication. The entire family got up early the next morning and went to worship the Lord once more. Then they returned home to Ramah, where Elkanah slept with Hannah. The Lord remembered her plea and in due time, she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, for she said, I asked the Lord for him. The next year, Elkanah and his family went on their annual trip to offer a sacrifice to the Lord and to keep his vow. But Hannah did not go. She told her husband, wait until the boy is weaned. Then I will take him to the tabernacle and leave him there with the Lord permanently. Whatever you think is best, Elkanah agreed. Stay here for now, and may the Lord keep you keep help you keep your promise. So she stayed home and nursed the boy until he was weaned. When the child was weaned, Hannah took him to the tabernacle in Shiloh. There they brought along a three-year-old bull for the sacrifice and a basket of flour and some wine. After sacrificing the bull, they brought the boy to Eli. Sir, do you remember me? Hannah asked. I am the very woman who stood here several years ago praying to the Lord. I asked the Lord to give me this boy and he has granted my request. Now I am giving him to the Lord and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worshiped the Lord there. That was 1 Samuel 1. Now in 1 Samuel 2, Hannah has a prayer of praise. And here Hannah, in gratitude for God answering her prayer, not only thanks God, but goes into a little prophecy. Then Hannah prayed, my heart rejoices in the Lord. The Lord has made me strong. 
Now I have an answer from my enemies. I rejoice because you have rescued me. No one is holy like the Lord. There is no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. Stop acting so proud and haughty. Don't speak with such arrogance. For the Lord is a God who knows what you have done. He will judge your actions. The bow of the mighty is now broken, and those who stumbled are now strong. Those who were well-fed are now starving, and those who were starving are now full. The childless woman now has seven children, and the woman with many children wastes away. The Lord gives both death and life. He brings some down to the grave, but raises others up. The Lord makes some poor and others rich. He brings some down and lifts others up. He lifts the poor from the dust and the needy from the garbage dump. He sets them among princes, placing them in seats of honor. For all the earth is the Lord's, and he has set the world in order. He will protect his faithful ones, but the wicked will disappear in darkness. No one will succeed by strength alone. Those who fight against the Lord will be shattered. He thunders against them from heaven. The Lord judges throughout the earth. He gives power to his king. He increases the strength of his anointed one. That's the Messiah. Then Elkanah returned home to Ramah without Samuel, and the boy served the Lord by assisting Eli the priest. <clears throat> okay, that's only the first part of 1 Samuel. We'll go into Eli's story <laughs> tomorrow. And that's another interesting one. The, passage, the passages that um, are prophetic verses, which is verse 6 through 10, um, I'd like to read them again with adding, adding some reference to the New Testament on this. So starting in verse six again, the Lord gives both death and life. He brings some down to the grave, but raises others up. Jesus raised several people from the dead, including Lazarus, and that's in John 11. Then verse seven, the Lord makes some poor and others rich. He brings some down and lifts others up. He lifts the poor from the dust and the needy from the garbage dump. He sets them among princes, placing them in seats of honor. Well, Jesus said in Matthew 20, 16, those who are last now will be first then, and those who are first will be last. And he said something like that just about in every gospel. You know, and in a lot of the parables that he did, I mean, you know, definitely the the prideful and the haughty people the kings they will all be brought down and all the humble people will be raised up for all the earth is the lord's and he has set the world in order he will protect his faithful ones though and um, those whose names are written in the lamb's book of life you gotta look at revelation 12 and 13 oh and by the way if you click on over to my blog the link is in the show notes You'll, uh, there'll be links to all of these studies that I've already done in you know, the book of Revelation and, and, so, and the Gospels. But the wicked will disappear in darkness. Happens in Revelation 19 and 20. No one will succeed by strength alone. We cannot save ourselves. Salvation is through Christ alone. Those who fight against the Lord will be shattered. He thunders against, against them from heaven. The Lord judges throughout the earth. The judgment day is coming. Revelation 14 and 15. He gives power to his king, the king of kings. Revelation 17. 
He increases the strength of his anointed one. Well, anointed one is Messiah in Greek. And um, in Hebrew, Jesus' name is Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, Jesus the Messiah. There's some other points to ponder here. So Hannah humbled herself. She prayed with all her heart. God came through, so she had to come through with her vow and give Samuel back to God. She also vowed that he be raised as a Nazarite like Samson, but unlike Samson, Samuel will be loyal to his vow. Hannah's prayer was persistent and full of passion. Many times when we need something, we pray and ask God to help us, but our hearts aren't right with God. We ask with the wrong motives. And then we wonder why God doesn't answer our prayers. The name Samuel means heard by God. And Samuel actually becomes a prophet. So he kind of channels God and kings, you know, he's the sage that, that, that um, uh, King Saul comes um, to ask for help and ask for messages from God through Samuel. But God sees and hears everything. How you worship him, how you honor him, whether you fear, respect him, whether you love him with all your heart, mind, and soul. If you don't know what that means, you need to click on over to my blog and click on that article there. Several times throughout the Bible, God tells us that the high and mighty will be humble and the humble will be raised up. Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before the fall. Peter wrote, 1 Peter 5, 6, so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. For God so loved the world, just like Hannah gave up her only son, God gave up his only son so that we could be freed from the bondage and incurable virus called sin and death. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So what in your life have you not yet surrendered to God? Jesus told us in Revelation 3.20, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart. Let him in. What are you waiting for? It's time to get right with God. Invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift and confident hope of eternal life. You don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. There's a prayer in the show notes. Or you can click on over to my blog and click where it says how to invite Jesus into your heart. Also, in the bottom of my blog, I put in one of my favorite uh, recent worship songs, God So Loved the World. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of Scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app 
and through the word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it. And then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory.